Get ready to be encouraged and equipped for the authentic life of victory God has prepared for you. Welcome to Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez. Amy is a devoted wife and mother with a passion for Jesus and a heart for those with shattered lives. She's an inspirational speaker, author, and teacher who humbly bears the scars of a broken life to reveal the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Amy's desire is for you to walk in wholeness and live in victory. Now, here's Amy Elaine Martinez. Welcome to Real Victory Radio. I'm your host, Amy Elaine Martinez, and we are so glad that you have joined us today. I have a friend in the studio today, and we're going to be talking about Amber's story. It's a beautiful story, and when I heard her speak at a conference a year ago, she shared her story, and I thought, I want to help retell that story because it is powerful and it's needed and women need to hear this message. So I invited Amber to join me on the show today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her in just a moment. But first, I'm going to tell you about the organization that Amber works with. She works with an organization called Save the Storks. Yes, you heard me correctly, Save the Storks. 64% of women who choose to abort said they felt pressured by others to do so. There's no choice when you're pressured into having an abortion. We believe information. They believe. Sorry, I'm reading their statement. (laughs) Save the Storks believes information is the most important part of empowering a mother to make a choice she won't later regret. They partner with pregnancy centers to offer free ultrasounds to women who are pressured into abortion. The best part is that four out of five women who get on their stork buses after being fully informed choose life. Isn't that beautiful? I love it. They emphasize the mother and the child because they know that abortion hurts so much more than just the baby. Save the Storks currently has 41 buses and another 10 in production. Those numbers may have changed, and they're in communities all over the country, serving women by offering free ultrasounds, pregnancy tests, STD testing, and many other resources. Save the Storks takes pregnancy resources mobile so they can park outside of abortion clinics or universities where they know women are being pressured to make decisions they don't like. They're making an option of life impossible to ignore. Once women see their ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, they understand the reality of their decision. One picture changes everything. You can connect with them at savethestorks.com for more information. Okay, I want to welcome you to the show. This is Amber Newberry, and she is a trauma-informed holy yoga therapist living in the beautiful mountains of Southern Colorado with her husband and four children. Amber has dedicated herself to helping women find freedom, healing, and wholeness connected to the Trinity within themselves, mind, body, and spirit. As a survivor of sexual assault and experiencer of the traumas that life has to offer, Amber's ministry, Beautiful and Beloved, is an intensely personal mission to let women know the truest things about themselves. They are beautiful and beloved. Can you see why I love her? (laughs) Oh, Amber, I'm so glad that you're with us today. That was kind of a long introduction, but I wanted to give people um, a moment to know what we're talking about today. It's a hard subject. And I... Just wanted them to know where we were going today mm-hmm. in case they needed to get to another place or whatever. So <laughs> get kids out of the room. Exactly. Well, yeah, I get that. <laughs> so welcome. Tell me a little bit more Thank about you. yourself. Um, well, I feel like that encompasses a lot. <laughs> 
kind of touched like what you just said. Yeah, I um, have been speaking on behalf of Save the Storks for two years now. They um, part of my story is that I am post-abortive, that I did have an abortion. And my experience in that has really led me to a place where I am thrilled and honored and just blown away by an organization like Save the Storks and um, how much they just love women. Save the Storks is not like political. They don't care about making abortion illegal. They don't care about uh, picketing or anything like that. What they really want to do is just love women so well that abortion is just not a thought that they have at the, you know, when they, that's their ultimate goal. Their ultimate goal is to make abortion like not even a conversation because people know what their options really are. So I'm super on board with them. I love that. And I love that you are so honest and vulnerable about your story. I remember hearing your story at a conference for Christian communicators last year. And I j- actually just got back from that same conference. I, and it I was so much was fun. I missed, yes. I missed having you there this year. <laughs> But your story impacted me, and it's a hard story mm-hmm. because it really shows the ugly side of some Christians who don't love well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will you tell does. us a little bit about your story? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so I would say that as a teenager, I was really lost. I ran real hard down a real broken road. And I believed 100% that my worth was held in my body and in the way that men and boys treated me. Um, I I was sexually assaulted when I was 15. And that really led me to promiscuity people react all sorts of different ways to sexual trauma. But for me, it was to become really promiscuous and to really believe, you know, that, that who I was was wrapped up in my sexuality and the way I looked. And so I ended up, um, in a situation when I was 19 where I was raped and consequently found out I was pregnant. Um, At the time, I would not have known to say what happened to me was rape. I really believed that it was something that I kind of asked for, right? Because we are, as women, led to believe we have too much to drink or if we wear something too short or, you know, then, then we're asking for it and you can't come back from that. And so that's really where my headspace was at. I felt like trash. I felt disgusting. I was mad at myself for saying no, because I typically was not a girl who said no. And so I felt like I had given my power to this boy who didn't listen to my no. I felt, um, when I found out I was pregnant, I had been on a bun and a binge just drinking and doing drugs. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I felt very much that like I had already ruined this child, right? I felt very much that I was worthless. The father of the child was horrible, that I had ruined 
any chance this child had it being normal because of all the drugs and all the drinking. And, um, I thought I felt like abortion was my only choice and it wasn't. My best friend was very willing to move in with me, to help take care of a baby with me. She was so supportive and so amazing. And I just had it in my head that the only thing I could do was to have an abortion. And so, um, I made an appointment and we showed up at the clinic and there was a group of protesters out front who were holding really horrible signs and they were yelling at me that I was a murderer and that I was a whore and they were throwing things at our car and, um, when we got parked and we got inside, I remember feeling inside the abortion clinic that I was finally safe. Mm-hmm. And I went through and we had to sit and we had to wait forever. And it was a long and arduous and hard process. And, um, when it was over, I felt nothing. If I'm honest, I felt empty and I felt nothing and I continued on a hard path and a hard road until I came to meet Jesus later on in my life. And, uh, and he changes everything. He's so good. He's crazy that way. But (laughs) Amber, I want you to know that I haven't (laughs) shared my personal testimony yet on the show. We're, we're only about 15, 16 shows in, and I haven't shared my personal testimony. And while abortion is not part of my testimony, it absolutely could have been. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I had been in that situation in that day and time, that I would not have chosen wisely. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I would have chosen unwisely. So I can somewhat relate to, you know, where you were absolutely in your lifestyle, because right. I was living that lifestyle too. And many of the things that you talked about happened to me as well. So I just want you to know that this is something that while I haven't experienced it, I know that I might have. Right. And that's the reason I wanted to have you on today, because we have the power to use our voice and use our words to help those that are coming after us to make better decisions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So tell me about how you met Jesus and how that changed everything. Cause that's where we want to get to. Oh, uh, so I was a, like I said, very promiscuous. I really viewed myself as an object. I objectified myself a great deal. And so I ended up with a boy who objectified women and we ended up getting married crazily enough and dysfunctionally enough. And he um, started reading his Bible And I thought that was weird because we were not Bible people. I had been raised in the Catholic church. He had not been raised in church, but had been saved at like a young life camp that he had been to when he was a teenager. And so he had had a a couple years of his life where he was really dedicated to the Lord and he was kind of trying to go back there. And I thought that was weird. And so he started picking fights with me about the Bible because I was Catholic and he would say stuff about the Virgin Mary and I would get all defensive and then I would read the Bible to try and prove I was right. And we ended up in this weird space and he decided we should go to church and we should go to a Bible church that was neither Catholic nor like a super Protestant, which he had been. And 
So we went to this Bible church in South Carolina and the pastor just sat up there with his hands in his pockets sitting on a stool and told me about Jesus and this radical love and this forgiveness and that I was worth something, that I was worth loving, that I was worth dying for. And that, man, that just blew me wide open. So by the third weekend we were there, we were like becoming members. I was serving in the children's ministry. I joined every Bible study that they had going. (laughs) I was on fire. And my sister-in-law always says, baby Christians are like baby vampires. Like, (laughs) I just couldn't stop. I was telling everybody about Jesus. I was just so excited. And so on fire for the Lord. And it, um, it changed everything for me. I ended up working for that church. Um, my husband and I ended up starting a family. It was hard for us to start a family and that required me to really examine my past. I really felt like maybe I was being punished for my abortion I remember I listened to a video this morning that is on your website at yeah. beautiful and beloved and beloved.com. Yeah. Amber's website is be- beautiful and beloved.com. Mm-hmm. She has a video on there and I listened to it this morning. And part of your story was that it took you guys a while to get pregnant and yeah. you felt like that was a punishment. But I, I love what your husband said to you. He said, that's not how God works. It's not how he works. It's not how he works. But we don't know that. We don't know that. And when we come to discover who we are in Christ and we learn to quit listening to the lies and really listen to the truth that he speaks over us, we can have some real victory and walk out a life of wholeness. And yeah. so tell me, you started to tell us a little bit more about what happened. So go ahead and continue <laughs> telling us because I think that the identity in Christ part of your story is huge. Yeah. It's the oh, part it that we need to know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole reason why I'm here, right? Like I ended up going to talk to a pastor. It's the first time I ever told anybody about my abortion. I was this sobbing puddle on the actual floor of his office <laughs> and he called his wife and the phone, which made me mad because I felt like he wasn't supposed to tell other people. <laughs> oh, but I get that. But <laughs> he called his wife and he didn't really tell her. He just said, Hey, I have Amber Newberry here at this point. I was working there at the church and he said, you had to talk to her and she just knew, I guess. And I answered, I got on the phone with her and she told me that she had had two abortions before she came to know the Lord. And she told me about um, how we would see those babies in heaven and how we were already forgiven and uh, that the babies that we were already forgiven by those babies and they never knew a minute of pain. And she just was really sweet and caring for me. And she gave me, um, she met me later and gave me a Bible study to do about being post-abortive. And it was, it was written in like the seventies and it was kind of not applicable to my life. I felt like I was pretty much had to just truck my way through it. I didn't appreciate it for what it was really. But at the end, what they ask you to do is journal about forgiveness. And, um, in my journal, I wrote, you know, God, you are amazing. And I believe you. I believe that you died for me and you carry this into the cross and that you forgive me. I can see that now. I just, I can't forgive me. 
And so maybe I don't ever become a mom and that's not because of you, but that's because I cannot, I shouldn't be, I don't deserve it. And is a real deep feeling in my soul. That is the first time I really felt the Holy Spirit moving me that said, who do you think you are? <laughs> like I died for this sin. I knew this sin before you existed and I took it to the cross and I buried it there. And I came back to life to make you whole again, to make you clean and to redeem what had been lost. And who do you think you are to not accept that forgiveness? And I thought, yeah, who do I think I am to not, you know? So I said, okay. And I said a prayer and I said, I do forgive myself. I do forgive myself. I accept that you died on the cross for this. I accept your forgiveness. And I want to just live a life now that glorifies you and that redeems what was done. And I found out I was pregnant the next day. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I love that God works in the little details in our lives and he appreciates our femininity and our just who we are and who he's made us to be. I know that the time that God showed up most powerfully in my life and when I heard the Holy Spirit, you know, almost audibly speaking right into my heart was when I was in the pit of my biggest sin and he showed up and he just said, you don't have to do this. Mm. This is not who you are. Mm -hmm. This is not who you were made to be. And that is what turned my life around. I was like, Oh, I don't have to be that girl that I was that broken girl that I was. I can be different because of you, because of the transforming power of the Holy spirit. Oh yeah. So I think our stories are while different, a lot alike. Yeah. And I talk a lot about being a broken girl made whole and mm -hmm. walking in wholeness. And the whole point of the show is that people need to know that life can change, that we can change, that we can be who God called us to be because of the cross. Yeah. You're never too far gone. Yeah. You've never made too many mistakes. You've never gone too far. He'll always take you back. Always. Because that's who, that's he, who is. he is. Yep. <laughs> In unison, that's who he is. Yes. That is such a beautiful story. I love that you are able to share that with women all across the United States in groups. I mean, I don't know what, yeah. what all kinds of groups you talk to, but tell us a little bit about your ministry because I feel like there's going to be people who want to connect with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every time I share, it's very, it's so, it's surprising, even though it shouldn't be because it happens every time I share. But women oftentimes have kept things like abortion a secret from everybody that they know for forever. So like 50 year old women come to me and say, Oh, when I was 16, I had an abortion and I've never told anybody in my whole life. And so like, if that is you, or if you are looking for healing uh, from abortion or sexual trauma or just being a broken girl, <laughs> um, what I do is called holy yoga therapy. And so it is Christ centered body therapy for releasing trauma from our bodies. So our bodies never forget the traumas that happen to us. And so you can go and you can talk it out and you go to counseling and that is great. And you should absolutely do that. Therapy and counseling are amazing, but it's just talking 
And oftentimes when you've experienced any kind of trauma, your body is real separated from your mind. And so just talking doesn't bring actual healing to your body. So you find that you're often triggered or you're angry for no reason that you can think of, or you suffer with things like fibromyalgia or migraines or like those kinds of bodily diseases that don't seem to have any rhyme or reason to them are often trauma that's trapped inside your body that you need to let go of. And so we use, I use yoga and breath work and meditation to kind of connect people back together to bring the mind and the body and your spirit together. So first of all, they're working together, which is great if you're in therapy or you're in counseling to be able to really put words to what your body is feeling and to really work through those things. And then it also helps your body to release a lot of the trauma and to trust your brain again. Because so being I, triggered, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, yeah, no, go, go ahead. Oh, being triggered. Say, being triggered is is hard because your body does not feel like it's safe. And so it has to convince, and so your brain's mad at your body for being sick or being triggered or, and they're just not talking to each other. So we have just a few moments left. How do people connect with you to mm -hmm. get that therapy? Cause it sounds amazing. Yeah. Just my website, beautiful So I do virtual, um, practices and I'd also do it in person in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. I want to pray for our listeners today. My ministry at amyelaine.com is based off of Psalm 51 where God says that he sees us, mm. that the heart-shattered lives don't ever go mm. unnoticed. Yeah. Heart-shattered lives that are ready for love don't for a moment escape God's notice. Mm. Mm -hmm. Such a beautiful verse. I love that one in the Passion Translation. And I want to pray for those women who may feel like they are experiencing some brokenness that they can't seem to get past. Right. So let's pray. Yeah. And then I'll close out the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Father God, I just pray and I ask you to show up for these women who are feeling disconnected or broken because of their past. Lord, you are bigger than our past and you have future on your mind. You see the future of who we can be and who we are and who you made us to be. Would you speak identity, Christ-centered identity, into the women who are listening to this show today? To all the listeners, Lord, we need to know who we are and whose we are because that is what will transform us into the people that you have made us to be. God, I pray that you would speak life, wholeness, and victory over the lives of those who are listening. I thank you for Amber and her ministry. I thank you for her ability to be so vulnerable. I pray that you would bless her ministry and help people who come to her. I think it's such a beautiful thing that you've entrusted her with to know the secret things. And I just pray that you would bless her in that. Father God, you are so good. You come into the places that are broken and you make us whole. I pray that you would do that today, that those people who feel like they may have been forgotten or unseen, that you would help them to know that you, when their lives are shattered, when their hearts are shattered, that you don't miss a beat. You are right there. You see it all and you love them in that place. 
So, Lord, I pray that they would call on you today for restoration and healing that they need because it can be found in you because of the work of the cross. We pray all of this in your son's powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you for joining us today for Real Victory Radio. It's been a powerful show. I know that you're going to want to connect with Amber. Today's show was sponsored by Sonic Inspection Corporation, a non-invasive commercial fire sprinkler inspection company delivering advanced code-compliant inspection services for all your commercial facilities. You can learn more about Sonic Inspection Corporation by calling 303-308-3000 or by visiting sonicinspection.com. And please... Remember that we are a listener-supported radio ministry. You can join the Victory Movement to help keep Real Victory Radio on the radio. You can find out more about that at my website at amyelaine.com. That's A-M-Y-E-L-A-I-N-E. We so appreciate you being here today, and I pray that this episode will move mightily in your life to help you walk in wholeness and live in victory. Thank you for making Real Victory Radio a part of your day today. We hope you were encouraged and equipped by today's episode of Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez. Please go to amyelaine.com to find out how to receive Amy's resources, including her book, Becoming a Victory Girl. You can also listen to podcasts and see where Amy will be speaking. Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. They depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to amyelaine.com for ways you can partner with Amy in reaching listeners with the power to walk in wholeness and live in victory. Please tune in again next Saturday. Saturday at 6 a.m. and 4 p.m. for Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez.